Hello, and thank you for listening. Maybe you're a new listener, and thank you for choosing. Maybe you're a returning listener, and thank you for coming back and enjoying the Wicked Awesome Podcast. This episode is a review of the 1988 movie Tapeheads. It is reviewed by myself, my friend Sandy, and my friend Zafra. We recorded this the same day that we did Repo Man, and I wanted to get this episode out sooner, but my computer crashed. I had to bring it into the shop. And anyway, five days later, I got it back, and thank goodness I didn't lose this episode. I was so afraid that I did. And I hope you enjoy. If uh, you want to come on and co-host a review episode yourself, contact me via Twitter or the Face thing, and I'll share those contacts with you in the notes, at least for my Twitter anyway. If you're a friend of mine on the Face thing, just uh, let me know if you would like to co-host and give me an idea uh, for a show that you might like to do. Thank you again. So, uh, Tape Heads, this is a movie I had never seen until Zafra mentioned it to me, and then I thought to myself, Tim Robbins, John Cusack, uh, how the, uh, comedy, 80s comedy, how did this one escape me all these years, but. um, Well, it was, it was under the radar, it didn't get a very wide release, Um, I saw it on a, on a, uh, I guess a middle of the week, I, I, I skipped school. This was uh, 88. So it was after I had left Mountview Mm -hmm. and was down in Kennebunk. But a good friend of mine was going, was going to Gardner high school. And I I took, I I skipped school and went up to to hang out with, with her and her friends. And we ended up going to see tape heads that night. And it was just such a blast. Um, And this movie, I mean, this movie is just silly fun, Mm -hmm. but it's almost a polar opposite of repo man. Um, in that it it's really about something it's really about artistic passion and it's really about um, a close non-familial relationship I mean these guys are are more brothers than a lot of brothers than I can think of and um, you know it's clear how much they love each other and they share certain passions and they're they're you know they're they're not the same they're they're very different guys but they are they are um you know, brothers for life, for sure. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, and another Michael Nesmith production, which uh, stood mm-hmm. out to me right away. And I watched this before Repo Man. I'm like, because uh, Mike Michael Nesmith recently passed away, and yeah. I'm like, oh my goodness, okay, the guy from the Monkeys. And uh, I, I, I guess I had never realized he did so much film stuff. I knew he did like this musical video thing in the 80s called elephant parts Um, oh yeah that's right and 
other than that, I didn't know much about him after he left the monkeys. I know his mother invented liquid paper and that's why he, <laughs> and that's why he left that. the monkeys. So that's true. That's true. Really? He, that's why he left the monkeys because she, uh, was able to sell that for so much money and he was just like well you know my okay yeah but i i don't think i believe he did not like being in the monkeys uh from what i understand about my investment yeah. Yeah. yeah well i can i can see that i mean certainly you know he's uh he's a, a, a he's got a lot more going for him talent wise than davy jones and mickey dolan's for sure <laughs> none of that <laughs> takes much but <laughs> <laughs> that's for another episode and uh the other guy the blonde guy i don't even know uh, that was peter peter torque i think peter torque peter yeah. torque he probably did something i have no idea if he ever did something else in his life yeah. but um but this is it i mean this film is is actually it's almost semi-autobiographical uh, the director bill fishman um his entire career has been in music videos and in a sense this is kind of it's, it's a it's an alternate reality of of how of what he what it was like for him to break into directing directing music videos interesting interesting yeah. um and the and what also is interesting about this is the and i hadn't realized this until uh i hadn't picked up on it until i watched the commentary version um was Catherine hardwick uh who has gone on to later fame as a as a film director uh, most notably of a movie called 13, which was a breakout film for Evan Rachel Wood. Yes. And, the, and then uh, intense again, yeah. again, you know, difficult, you know, unpleasant in a lot of ways, but, but very well done. But she also directed at least the original Twilight film, if not any of the, of the sequels. Oh, I'm um, and, a, and, a, and a, she has a number of other significant credits as well but she was she was the art director for this film or, and i mean sorry the yeah no the, the production designer for, the, for this film and so a lot of the artwork that you see in that is either hers or comes from people that she knew in the la art scene so a lot of those wacky things you see like the neon installations and just sort of random sculptures and stuff is is our works from actual artists uh that were not necessarily done for the film but were borrowed to put into the film gotcha gotcha yeah not including the shotgun not including. <laughs> the destruction of art sure so sandy had you seen this movie back in the day oh you gotta you're muted i had not seen it back in the day um i didn't even know this movie existed until it was brought up um, this one I did find easier to watch. Yeah. Um, it, it did have a very clear goal. Um, it moved along nicely. The acting, yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> but uh, it was entertaining. Yeah. It was entertaining. There and you it, go. Yeah, it was entertaining. It has a lot more positive energy. It, it does. does. It's, it it's, does. All, it's all positive energy. I mean, there's very, mm -hmm. very little in the movie that's a downer. Um, at least, you know, there, there are some, uh, some things that get in the way of the, of the, the protagonist's journey towards their goal, but there's nothing that's like really, well, there's nothing that's dark without being funny, right? I mean, Norman Mark and his, and his whole thing with passing out cigarettes to the kids and talking about having, you know, uh, being able and having, uh, <laughs> putting his slab up against Gorby's yes any time yes. where he uh is uh and then his whole thing with uh with his his kinky fetishes uh 
including being spanked by none other than Courtney Love in that. Yeah, that was Courtney that Love. Was that was Courtney, that was Courtney Love. Yeah, that was Courtney Love. No that was Courtney Love. Yeah, not 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 the not his primary dominatrix, but um, but in the in she the, was just a supporting dominatrix. Yeah, in, 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 the, in the in the in the uh, when they do the the high speed transfer at the end of the film, and you see all the all the different yep. hijinks. But the the one the one that's actually she spanking was. him is Courtney Love. Nope. The one the one who is his primary dominatrix is also a really interesting character. Um, I mean, I've only seen her in one other film, which which is totally off the charts called The Forbidden Zone, um, which is a Danny, uh, Richard Elfman. So Danny Elfman from Oingo Boingo and later of many, 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 many music, music uh, videos and movie soundtracks, um, his brother and actually he. Danny, the, the, the Mystic Knights of the Oingo Bongo are, are in the movie Forbidden Zone, but it's got Hervé Villachez as like this, uh, the king of the, of the Forbidden Zone. And the woman who plays the dominatrix in, in tape heads is the, is the, the nasty queen in that film. It's that look up, look up uh, Forbidden Zone, see if you can find it. It's a, it's a real trip. <laughs> Sounds Oingo like Oingo it. was also in uh, Back to School, that Rodney Dangerfield movie. Uh, oh, were they? Yes, they were. They were. Wow. Yeah. How I remember that, I have no idea because <laughs> I haven't seen it in almost thirty years. They, so they actually appe they appear in it. They perform in it, or their music's in it. They appear in it. You know, there's some sort of frat party where all of a sudden mm. the dorky son is all of a sudden becoming popular. You know how these movies go. And Oingo oh. Boingo is the band at the. Uh, Nice. Party. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So, and yeah. So, yeah. So, this is one, you know, again, where Mike Nesmith leverages his his industry connections. So, um, they actually, it was interesting. The 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 guys who play the swanky modes, um, they I I I kind of assumed that they got Junior Walker and Sam Moore, and that's who they wanted to have it. But apparently, they they had a, a bunch of different musicians um, audition for those for roles and and uh sam moore and, and junior walker the ones that just clicked mm -hmm. um and for anybody who's listening is who's not quite aware sam moore is half of sam and dave um the uh I'm classic so exactly yep mm -hmm. exactly and then junior walker um is probably most well known for um song shotgun and uh but he's you know they're both they're both you know long time um soul and and blues musicians uh, and they recorded a lot of great i mean you know there's a lot of uh songs on the soundtrack besides the ones where they're actually singing um there's ones that are in the background or uh or ones that are you know ostensibly performed like you know the the one that the that the hit men do right the bet my bottom dollar on you oh yeah that was cool that was uh, really or no cool. i'm sorry no that do they do the the abc's one two threes so whatever they did i liked yeah. it yeah I, yeah exactly again yeah. you know another film with awesome quirky characters and those yeah. guys those guys were great and there's a lot of you know uh cool cameos bobcat goldthwaite as the the inspirational oh, yeah. speaker <laughs> that was him wasn't it yeah oh yeah that was i had a note on that one mm -hmm. Yeah, I said Bobcat Goldthwait as a motivational speaker. WTF. And then uh, King Cotton uh, as the as Roscoe, the the chicken and waffles guy, oh. is really fantastic. And uh, and apparently, actually, the the band that's playing at the um, at the 
the party at the mansion, the the limbo band was is actually King Cotton's band. Oh, okay, okay, cool, cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I uh, also this soundtrack is interesting because it says music by Fishbone. I, Fishbone yep. does make an appearance in the movie. Yeah, they and also then, do the incidental music. Yes, yes. Yep. And then it is kind of this weird juxtaposition of cheesy 80s music with some really cool stuff. Yep. I mean, it's kind of all over the place. Uh, but yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, all the Swanky Mode songs are originals, which is amazing. You know, mm -hmm. the, the song, those songs sound like they could have they could have been off of, you know, any R&B soundtrack that you would find out there in the real world they're oh, awesome yeah. awesome music um and then you know the 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 cheesy 80s stuff well i mean like the 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 uh the swedish band with the oh, yeah. with which is which is actually being performed by devo oh is that devo that's devo yeah no kidding <laughs> i didn't realize that that is very really cool that's really and, cool and okay. uh the, the whatever the 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 inane lyrics were and when they're singing in swedish um Mark Mothersbaugh, whoever I, I think Mark Mothersbaugh was the was a vocalist for Devo, but he was he had a transliteration of the Swedish and he had no idea what he was saying. He was just like reading it phonetically off the page when he was singing that song. Wow. Wow. But yeah, just fun goofiness. Lyle Elzato as as uh, as Ivan's dad. Yeah, I made a note of that, too. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. <laughs> He was the roided up Raiders player that was uh, in a in uh, some movies, and I think that he actually was in an action movie uh, one time right. that was that I saw at Hilltop Store that I never rented for many many years. Uh, but mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, and then Ted Ted Nugent has a cameo as the uh, the tall the tall rocker that throws yeah. <clears throat> throws him out of the uh, the record studio, and then Don Cornelius, right? Don Cornelius as Mo Fuzz. Yeah, and uh, and the you know the creator and longtime host of Soul Train. Yes, yes. Not to mention Weird Al had a cameo too. I saw. Yeah, it's a very, Al. very, very brief. Yeah, as yeah. himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a note on Ted Nugent being in it. Ted Nugent before. Uh, this is back when he was known for just dating underage girls and not being a right wing douchebag. Well, and uh, uh, what was the? Uh, he had a, he's always uh, been a douchebag. Let's be yeah, clear. he's always been a douchebag. <laughs> just, just the right wing stuff wasn't around, not as prevalent uh, then. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then also you've got uh, well, okay, so actors that later became more well known, but like Jessica Walter uh, is Norman Mark's wife, and she became, she was the the matriarch in Arrested Development. Oh yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and who else did I pick up on? Martha Quinn was on there as Martha well. Martha Quinn, yes. Yep, yep, yep. from MTV. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good. Yeah, because it was so centered on music videos and getting into the music video. So the Martha Quinn uh yeah. cameo if you will made sense yeah, yeah. and they, they 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 tried to get MTV to let them use to have it be MTV but they said so, but they couldn't so MTV wouldn't agree to do it but so they, that's why they they were RVTV what a bunch of that. jerks. What? It's just like, just agree to it. And come on. But that was like, I mean, that was when MTV was bigger than God. I mean, yeah, that's, 19, that's when 19, MTV 19, meant something. That's when 19, it, yeah, exactly. That's when MTV yeah. actually played music videos. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, this is, you know, it was released in, the movie was released in 88, which means it was probably shot in 87. Right. 
Right. Yeah. And, and MTV was huge for about a decade. It, it really was. Maybe, maybe even a little, actually, even more than that, really. Uh, maybe even two decades. Yeah. 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 And now it's just music videos just don't mean much anymore, do they? Or do they? I don't know. Well, I, I mean, you've got TikTok and you've got Insta and you've got Reels, you've got YouTube. I don't think they mean as much anymore. Not as much, but they're still being made. I mean, and they, and they can also, they can make an impact. I mean, look at, look at, um, you know, the Megan, the stallion and, and uh, mm. WAP. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that video actually exists and made, I mean, besides the impact of the, of the and controversiality of the song, but the video is amazing. Yeah. 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 It's just, it's, uh, so they still can. Uh, certainly yeah but, they I still mean, they still make them yeah yeah but i don't know where they show them other than youtube yeah that's and that's where i see them yeah and a lot of times i'm just streaming the song through my speaker and i'm not even watching the damn things so yeah yeah though i do get nostalgic every once in a while for those 80s videos i mean it's like the michael jackson beat it video is a good mm-hmm. video like oh, when he's yeah. dancing at the end it's just like holy shit I mean, it's amazing how talented that guy indeed was. And it, well, and the 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 long form version of Thriller. Oh yeah, was really fantastic. Oh, yeah. was, that, was that Martin Scorsese? I mean, there's somebody John who, Landis. John was, Landis directed that. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. around the same time that he did um, American Werewolf, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And uh, oh, geez, that movie scared the shit out of me watching it back <laughs> in the day. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so music by Fishbone, I had that. Then I, I made a more, I watched this uh, on Voodoo with ads. Oh, Because um, I could watch it for free. And there I told you I had money my DVD, man. Uh, yeah, I know. But I was like <laughs> sitting around and I'm like, ah, shit, whatever, you know. There weren't many ads, but I did want to bring this up because I made note of it. Match.com had an ad uh, while I was watching this movie. You know what their new slogan is? Mm. Adults date better adults date better and i'm like i made note of that and i'm like huh yeah no they're trying to differentiate themselves um from tinder tinder okay Grindr, but i mean if you're you name it yeah <laughs> it, it, that one puzzled me it's just like wow who came up with the marketing on that one Jeez. yeah like okay uh, it does sound yeah. mildly inappropriate it, it kind <laughs> of adults does. date better uh, i don't know i mean it, 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 pla- it places it places them in between <laughs> In between Tinder and uh, and before our time, what is uh, so? But what's the demographic for Tinder? Is it for people under the age of twenty? Like I don't even know. I, mean, I don't even know either. I don't know. I don't know either. But yeah. Um, at this point, uh, with the dating online apps, I'm into the elders.com, eldersmeet.com <laughs> or something. <laughs> you know i'm like four years well, think, away from living yeah well no i think i think i think you know i mean since we qualify at this point for aarp then we must also qualify for our time exactly stop already stop. <laughs> I'm, I'm clinging i'm fighting my white strength stop. <laughs> yeah um yeah. well i mean the other thing i mean this this movie just has so many wonderful little little mm-hmm. things you know that that help give it give it uh fill out the 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 scene and fill out the the frame and and little things in the back i mean little stuff like the uh the the light bulb going off when ivan has the idea for them to do music videos and mm-hmm. when they're when you know and they're like the piling on of uh you know the first time you see 
their Volkswagen thing, which I have just having a Volkswagen thing as the as the the, the protagonist car is awesome. Is that the <clears> name? <throat> is that the actual model name of that vehicle? The That's a real thing? vehicle that like exists. Oh yeah, I do. Oh, you know, I yeah, Brooks that drove. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if it's if if I mean I I don't I think it's called the Volkswagen thing the way the Beetle is called the Bug, but um, you can look it up and, and find out. Yeah, that's wow. a real that's a real vehicle. Yeah, super yeah. cool. Um, Interesting. Kind of like a I mean it's a Volkswagen's version of a Jeep. Right. You know. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, but there's just saying. So and then <laughs> oh that's right I forgot so, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um but you know just like the if, if you notice of course through the course of the film more and more traffic tickets are stuffed under the uh under the windshield, the windshield wiper, wiper. Yeah. Right. uh but then you know when they when they uh you know first get their their uh i guess it was after the the music video awards when was it they're they're driving they're cruising down the street and they just reach out and a beer smacks into their hand and then, cool. and then they reach out and the beer smacks, you know, they, they both get beers like they just they're like cruising at speed down Hollywood Boulevard <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> they just catch these beers. Yeah. The, the back drinking and driving was kind of cool. No, well, I mean, that's not the, the, the that the, was the, I know. The, the, yeah. You know, and that was one of the few. I mean, there were obviously the whole thing is, is kind of crazy, but that was that one. And the one point where where. Um, Tim Robbins and John Cusack look into the camera and say, "We love the swanky modes." <laughs> we love this when they break. You know, the only time they break the fourth wall there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Sandy, I want to hear you. So this this movie, I enjoyed. It had a plot. It had positive energy. It was fun. It was frothy. Um, it was a little bizarre with the whole S&M and the guy running for president and his bodyguards slash hitmen who also wanted to be performers. Um, it was enjoyable overall. Um, the, the women in this one, at least they had more speaking lines, mm -hmm. you know, um, their roommate that was giving them the free rent because her daddy owned the building yep. um, that oddly enough tied back at the very end of the movie to the uh, guy who was chasing him down for the tape. Yep. Um, so that my immediate thought of that is like, what a sweet pad for free. That place was <laughs> awesome. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, it was the eighties when lost spaces were, could actually be had for nothing. Exactly. And yeah. empty and empty buildings were, you know, artists were occupying empty spaces right. uh, before they got gentrified. Exactly. Uh, keep going saying I didn't mean that. Oh, no, no, no. That's um, so I like that that she uh, had more of a, a role in this movie. Um, Belinda was more of an important character. Yep. Um, I also found it interesting when there was uh, Samantha mm -hmm. uh, trying to get that back and they had like the girl fight scene. It was almost a, like a little Bruce Lee-ish yep. happening between the ladies before the guys came in. They got totally distracted. But I liked where they were kind of going with that. Um, yeah. it was better, uh, than a lot of the other movies or the other movies we watched, um, <laughs> in their portrayal of women characters and having, you know, a reason to be, even the, the S and M mistress was interesting, yeah. you know, um, yeah. the wife 
uh, going to take everything. And the guy lost his whole presidential campaign. Mm -hmm. That was, I, I liked that. I enjoyed that. The, the bringing down um, and sort of the underdogs achieving with that happenstance of the blender children getting killed. (laughs) And then they became famous. That was just, you know, only in Hollywood, but it worked in the context of this movie. And, you know, I like to see the underdog come up. And that with the, uh, the blender children were Stiv Bators and the Lords of the new church. Oh, okay. Sure. Sure. Yeah. 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 Good. Good. I have a note here too. This is another one that uh, I know one of you, or if not both of you will be able to give reference to, because I can't remember. UFP unidentified female on premises. Right. UFOP. 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 Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. okay. What is that from? Was that? A I don't think guard? that's from anything. No, it is. It I is? know this one. You do. Okay. So when they're very first, uh, they're working together, playing with the security equipment, and they're having like the underground party. Their boss is in the bathroom stall, like eating <laughs> and taking yeah. a dump really disgusting oh oh yeah no i, I thought i thought you but meant it was like a reference to something else no that then the the heels walk in to the urinal and you right. hear a zipper undo so technically it wasn't a female i'm just uh, saying yeah. and, well unless she's very good at aiming uh, yeah, that's true we're gonna go with no <laughs> that's true <laughs> That is a good point, and you can make uh, and you can make uh, less of a mess if you're in the male urinal. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, the music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the male urinal is <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I also made a note: a lot of power for that camera. Wow, technology's come a long way. So when they're stealing power to power all this equipment, oh yeah, well that was to make show. video on what we can you do now with like an iPhone five or something. Yeah, no, I mean, there that was again, you know, hyper hyperbolic. There was no, there was no reason they would need that amount exactly. of of yeah. electricity, and they certainly wouldn't need two forty service. To, exactly, exactly. Yeah, of course, if you're watching it back in 1988, you're thinking, okay, it's an exaggeration, but somewhat believable. Mm-hmm. Now you look at it, it's like, <laughs> no, technology's come a long way. Well, the other thing that's interesting is of all the different video formats you see in the course of the film, none of them are VHS. Right. Yes. It's, it's either it's either Betamax or three quarter, which right. is what the which is what the giant cartridge is, is a, it was a studio three quarter. And uh, the Betamax is, is the is what they're, you know, the guys are shooting all their stuff on. That's interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. But it, which, said, which, look at Kuzak's stash. I mean, John Kuzak has <laughs> like a really cheesy stash. I wouldn't even call oh, yeah. it a porn stash. It's like, no, no, it, was, no. it was too thin to it be was, a yeah, porn yeah. stash. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It, 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 and I, I just made note of that. And it's like a 1930s Valentino stash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't, it, yeah, it doesn't work for me. Yeah, I know. Um, I know the, there was a uh, when uh, the thing, the preparation that he did, and the uh, Bill Fishman, the 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 director, was talking about, you know, um, things to think about for John Cusack, and one of them was um, King of Comedy. Mm-hmm. So the the De Niro guy yeah, in I, King of I, Comedy. I, I just saw that like two weeks ago. That's oh, really? I haven't yeah. seen it in a long time. <laughs> it's but that was it's one good. of the things he modeled on. And he actually, uh, the director actually sent him to do um, uh, a Dale Carnegie type course. <laughs> that he would he would like live and breathe those uh, those inspirational quotes that he that he sprinkles throughout. Gotcha. You know the 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 um, 
false evidence appearing real and and i don't remember what other what other ones they have sprinkled through there and uh the claymation and the chicken and waffles commercial <laughs> i thought was like spot on the only thing i could really relate it to was the claymation scene in better off Dead. that's that's the first exactly. thing i thought of yeah yeah and it's way better it's way better. It's way better. Granted, this movie came out after, so maybe just the ability to do better claymation was available to them, but it's dramatically better. I think that commercial for Roscoe's Chicken was possibly the best video in the entire It was good. Movie. Well, that 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 one in the, in the closing credits version of it, you know, is fantastic. Yeah, yeah it yeah. had swagger. It did. Yeah. It did. And it has Lynn Aubrey. One of the, one of the Fly Girls is Lynn Fly Aubrey. Girls. One yeah. of the Fly Girls is Lynn Aubrey, and she was also one of the backup singers in um, the Talking Heads on the Stop Making Sense tour. So she she appears in the Stop Making Sense movie um, as a as a backup singer, and then four years later here in in uh, Tape Heads. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, that yeah, I I agree. That totally works. I love that video. How is it that John Cusack is the same character in every single movie? It's like <laughs> he has limited range. He does, he does, but yeah, I wouldn't call him a bad actor. No, no, he does John Cusack very well. He does, he does. You don't even remember his character name. He's just John Cusack, you know. You know, that's a fair point. Even in like Gross Point Blank. Yeah. Oh, one of my favorite films. I, I love that. I like so that much. one. Um, Runaway Jury. Mm -hmm. I don't know, Runaway. I Actually, seen I've never one. seen that. I read the book, but I've never, I've never. Yeah, with uh, Rachel Weiss. Mm -hmm. Um. He had a little more range there. Little, mm. little more range. A little more. Range, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> little more. Yeah. Um, trying to think of something I've seen him in where he has a complex character. What's the one where he played the arms dealer? Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know. That one, I don't know. I saw him in 1408. Has he been in anything recently? That, I, I mean, like a, lot of re a lot of really crappy movies. Yeah like crappy action movies like i am going to imdb <laughs> there we go we'll just yeah. Yeah. john cusack right filmography uh, see all Ooh, <laughs> yow just some really bad oh ones. well okay so high fidelity oh high that was fidelity. a great movie that's that a great that one film. was good yeah yeah but there again it's like it's john cusack you know it's just but it is a, it but, is it is but and that's not even a criticism it's as long as like, he gets to play to his strengths then he's very compelling yeah but but if he's just playing like you know the generic action hero or whatever that's not it doesn't oh, work goodness i've never heard it. of most of his recent movies utopia never grow old river runs red distorted singularity blood money oh i've yeah. seen Maybe utopia that was... That, that was that was the american version of a of an english series um okay. that was based on a graphic novel i think uh, blood money may have been the arms dealer one it could be it could be um, and then he was in a terrible Stephen King movie called Cell. Did you see it? Um, I, I read the book. I did mm. not see the movie. Uh, the reviews were horrendous. And shockingly, Samuel L. Jackson is also in it, whom I love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Samuel L. Jackson has been in a lot of movies. Not all of them good. Um, yeah, he makes money, though. So. He does make money. He does. Props yep. for that. And then Hot Tub Time Machine 2. <laughs> oh, he was in the sequel to that. Huh? Yeah, I miss, I miss out on that. I did see the first one. Oh, but... War, War Inc. is the one where he's the the uh, the arms dealer. War okay. Inc. War Inc. And that's another that's another satire 
Of, oh, uh, okay. Okay. Is it worth seeing? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Okay. Okay. I may have to check it out. Oh, okay. So Blood Money is basically um, like the, uh, oh my gosh, it was back in the 1950s. The guy robs a bank, hijacks a plane and jumps out with a parachute. Oh, D.B. Cooper? Yes. Uh, it's basically that plot. It's that okay. plot. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, uh, I also wrote down Tim... on John Cusack. Yeah. <laughs> I also wrote down Tim Robbins is a really good actor. He really is. Um, it, and this must have been after Bull Durham, I'm guessing. Uh, it was actually just before Bull Durham. It was just uh, before. Okay. Yeah. And it was actually, and uh, that was one of the things that, that I noted was that the next film each of these guys did was a baseball film. So Tim uh, Robbins did Bull Durham and John Cusack did Eight Men Out um, yeah. immediately after, after shooting this film. Yeah, Eight Men Out, which I did not like. Bull Durham, I did. I really appreciated it. Yeah. Which started the long love affair of Susan Sarandon and yep. Tim Robbins. Yes. Indeed. Yep. yep, until he decided she looked tired. Yep, exactly. Oh, really? That was the mm. end of their... Yeah, that was the end of that, oh, yeah. Oh, she looks... Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That's wow. why I no longer like him. Yeah. Wow, that's wow, that's cr- oh, yeah. I don't F- think you, I like him. F you Tim. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. F you Tim. Um the only I actually, oh, here's did, a I actually didn't I... meet him in person once. You did. It was completely random. Uh I ran into him in the Lower East Side of Manhattan when I lived in New York. Um Christmas shopping. Okay. And we were in some, I don't know, some little shop and uh I don't even remember what I said to him. It's one of those brief celebrity encounters, like the time that I I met uh, Riker. What's his name? Jonathan uh, from from Star Trek. The guy, oh. the guy who lives here in Belfast or has a house here in Belfast. Is a Star Trek guy that has a house? Oh, it, not J.J. Abrams. No, 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 no. From from the Next Generation, number oh, two. Next Generation. Yeah, I never. Jonathan, got Jonathan Frakes. Okay. Okay. He has a house in Belfast. Uh, yeah, or Searsport. His wife um, was a big soap opera star. Oh, yeah, General Hospital. Uh, she yeah. played Laura on General Hospital. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. Luke and Laura. She was the Laura in Luke and Laura. Gotcha, gotcha. That's, yeah. yeah, I knew she was here. And she had she had some kind of like Chotsky shop, I think, in, in the Belfast area. Yes, yes, you're correct. But I, yeah. uh, it was, when I ran, so Jonathan Frakes, I ran into a role. Uh, no, I ran into him uh, at Three Tides. And I remember he was wearing a white chunky uh, like Irish fisherman sweater. And I just kind of like nodded to him. I didn't try to talk to him or anything. I just kind of, you know, gave him the, Hey, I know who you are. That's cool. See ya. Yeah, exactly. And, and then <laughs> later that same night I was at Rollies as one does. And, um, and, and he, he was there too. And he like tapped me on the shoulder and he said, I'm following you. Oh, that's cool. And wow. I, just, I loved him so much. That is freaking awesome, man. Yeah. It's, it's funny like you're re- reversing the whole stalker trope. It's funny you mentioned that because that used to be a normal journey of mine. Start at three tides, you'd eat mm-hmm. like their little appetizer plates. Then mm-hmm. you'd finish the night up at Rollies and order some real greasy, like, boon and drink cheaper beer. Well, yeah. and, and, and if it was a really bad night, you'd stop in at the lookout somewhere, either before or after. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the bar hopping in Belfast. Right there. I kind of missed out on that, I guess. Oh, yeah. yeah you're missing out on a lot. Not uh, the, much. 
I did write this quote down. The only thing that brings production value is tits, tits and, and ass. Mofas. Yeah, mofas. Yeah. Well, and that was, you know, certainly when you think about the, the videos of that era, and then not just of that era, certainly coming, you know, to oh, this all the day. Way yeah. Yeah. That's, it's, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Though, yeah, the video vixen was a real thing. Big, oh, oh yeah. yeah, big time, big time. Yeah. So, but they. What was they her did. name in the the white snake video sprawled across the oh, yeah. Lamborghini? Donnie Katan. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Of course, but these guys ditched Mofas, and you know they they knew enough after a while. Yeah, yeah. There's also a British guy saying the c word in this movie, so it's okay if you're British, you can say that word, but. If you're American, you can't. We've gone over that many times. Oh, I don't remember. Where did that come up? Um, oh, it was, it was Stiv. It was Stiv Batores. Exactly. And the blender from the blender yes. children. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yep. But he came to an appropriate end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hit, hit by the, the uh, spot, what they called Spy Lab 14 in the movie, which is clearly a, a, a reference to Skylab 7. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I I did make a note here. The female objectification in this movie is relatively mild for an '80s movie. It really is. Well, and, and not only that, but it, it is very conscious about its objectification. It's like this is this is objectification because this is what's happening in the culture. It's not because right. we're, we're not doing this to titillate you. We're going we're doing this because it's really ridiculous that people get titillated by this shit. You know exactly. And uh, and then you know when the <laughs> the uh the when the the um the sacrifice the sacrificial um bimbos that go into the into the blender and the blender children thing come out and they're like are you famous teach me to read <laughs> that's right i laughed at that that was great yeah um then, I then oh, also during that during that filming of the video there's this one awesome like little thing that if you blink you miss it it's when the guitar player is is like ripping into a solo and then he's just suddenly flies up out of frame and you never see him again yeah. right right it's like where the <laughs> hell did he go um then i mentioned the whole the whole videotape thing of the politician and the dominatrix and how they're it's just they have to get this tape because this information just can't get out there it made me think of the donald trump hollywood access tape and how in the end it really didn't matter uh because he got elected president anyway See, this was back when it might still matter it, right? and i had that thought yeah and yeah I well back think, when like Marion barry got ruined by the by this the crack smoke crack yeah smoking crack video that was right around the same time. That was right around the same time. But then he came back and he actually he actually became mayor again. It's like well, he was because I mean he was actually a he was I mean I lived in DC for a couple of years and um and he was beloved. I mean he was for all his faults, um he you know he got things done uh, on behalf of the of the people of of DC and so well, it show, um, and it shows a forgiving public because, I mean, yeah, he smoked crack cocaine, but does that make him like the worst human being on the planet? Obviously. Yeah. Obviously, the people of D.C. don't feel like it does. Yeah, right. And, right. Yeah. Yeah. So now, fast forward till now, if Donald Trump didn't verbalize uh, 
you know, unwanted touching of women in their genital area, mm-hmm. would a tape of him getting spanked by a dominatrix, would have that matter? Unlikely. Unlikely. Yeah, yeah. But like you said, Sandy. I right? mean, if the if the uh, Russian hooker P-tape. The P-tape. situation, <laughs> thank you. I wasn't going to say it. Didn't matter. <laughs> the uh, evangelicals are clearly hypocrites. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Well, yep. probably shouldn't get too much into the politics here. <laughs> That's okay. We're all on the same page when it comes to that. So as long as we all agree. I don't want to well. alienate your audience. <laughs> oh, they just listen. They're like, oh, that Matt. But, but yeah, I have a lot of conservative friends that are somehow just tolerate me. I don't know what that is, but I. It's called being decent human beings. I guess so you're friends with decent human beings that can respect differences. Yes. Yes. I, yep. yes. And um, Jello Biafra as the FBI agent. <laughs> it's like, I saw that and I'm like, before he mentioned who he was, which I wish he didn't. I wish he wouldn't. Well, he didn't know. He didn't mention. I mean, he didn't. He, he made a reference to it, but not right. as himself, you know. Right. Right. It was uh, right. And but when I first saw it, I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. That's Jello Biafra. It's like, cool, cool. Um, and of course, this was around the same time. Was he thrown in jail because of a, the cover of the, uh, what was the name of that album? Yeah, um, I don't remember, it's, but it's the one with the dicks, right? It was the, the copulation. It was like, uh, it was like a, an artwork of right. frame after frame of intercourse. And oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, it wasn't just pictures of penises. It was actual it penetration. It was PIV. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, he did. Yeah, but but that was, I mean, that you know, that period was certainly the you know the the, the parents music research council, right? Good old good old uh, Tipper Gore, Tipper yeah. Gore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, all this all this stuff with Frank Zappa, and at the same time, the culture. I mean, talk about culture wars today. I mean, I guess the, the culture wars today are a lot more vicious. Back, it seems like they were. It seems it seemed awful back then, but it was so much more innocent than it is today. And think about you know, Annie Sprinkle and, 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 uh, Robert Maplethorpe, um, and defunding, defunding the NEA. Yeah. It just seems like child's play compared to where we are today. <laughs> culture oh, it's, it's crazy. Uh, Frankenchrist, that was the name of the, that right. was the name of the album. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. But that was cool. So my ending thoughts on this, it was almost like, a parody of itself. This movie was a parody of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be made today. It could be, you talk about the Devo scene where they dressed up like the Swedish hair metal guys. Uh, that could be made today and could, and you'd think of it as just an 80s uh, parody movie. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be, I mean, I think that the difference if it was made today would be, it was like, it'd be a historical film as opposed to being of the time. Right, right, right. So there. So when they when it was made, it was about what was happening right then, mm-hmm. as opposed to you know looking looking in the rearview mirror at a at a certain time in history. Sure, sure. Yeah. But and, if it were made today, we would be talking about it. I mean, the you know, so it's 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 further back in time than the '60s were from Wonder Years when Wonder Years was made. God, crazy. Right. I mean, we're talking about 30 years ago to the mid 80s when Wonder Years was just a 20 year, 20 year retrospective. Doesn't that make you sick to think about? (laughs) 
It's like, yeah, if we made a Wonder Years show now, 20 years before would be 2002. I mean, how much? No, we, we did. It's, we did. It's called Stranger Things. <laughs> there, there you go. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Which, I mean, I, I, I don't know how you guys feel about Stranger Things. I love it. And I, I love it in part because it's the, the kids are the exact same age we are. So, I mean, they were born, they, they were all born in 1971 in that, in the, in the world of the, of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so everything they're doing and everything they're experiencing and the, the music and the, and the culture around them, you know, I, I, I relate very much to that show in terms of D and D and arcade games and everything. I do as well. And visually it just plays the part. I mean, everything yeah. about that really, they, they've captured that time just very very well it's almost like you're watching et again you oh, know yeah. oh speaking of which did you guys notice at the beginning of tapeheads the neighborhood so when they no. go when they, when they go to to josh's parents house that is the et neighborhood that cul-de-sac oh, okay is, was was the one that where they where uh where they shot some of the exteriors for et it's not oh, it's okay. not it's not the house their house is not the same house, but it's it's the same neighborhood. The same culture. You have a good eye. Well, I I thought it looked like that, and then it, it was confirmed when I when I um, watched the the um, the commentary. commentary. Yeah. So, Sandy, final thoughts on uh, tape heads for you? Test of time, plot wise, it's it's probably past its prime, mm-hmm. but as an entertaining movie standing alone it you know it's not something i'd go back and watch again but i didn't hate it which for me is a ringing <laughs> endorsement i didn't you, hate it you've been such a trooper you watched revenge of the nerds repo man and this you are such you you're just a trooper you're you're expanding my knowledge of the <laughs> the 80s genre the yep. things I missed while I was watching John Hughes movies and sure, you know, so sure. it's, it's all good. Well, we'll have to do, we'll have to do horizons. Well, Sandy, you got to start picking out the movies. I did though. You did. What have you picked out? Uh, Fatal Attraction. Okay. Did you pick out, did you pick out Revenge of the Nerds as well? Or did no, I No, that, that was, that was our, our counterpart, I think. I see. Mm. I see. Yeah. Have okay. you guys done Real Genius yet? No. No, we we did discuss weird science, though. Oh, that would be an interesting double double feature. Do uh, weird yeah. si- weird science and real genius together. Actually, yeah, that might uh, that might be the again next. to continue the 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 eighties uh, uh, adolescent theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eventually, we'll run out of eighties movies, and then we'll go into the next decade. <laughs> oh, I don't know. We would we ever run out of eighties movies? We probably wouldn't. Or... Sadly, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's some i haven't seen in so long that i'd love to see again i haven't seen john carpenter's the thing since mm-hmm. since the 80s and i remember loving it and i would mm-hmm. like to see that one again that's a scary freaking movie yeah it is yeah i like uh, scary movies and i never saw that one so that's worth seeing you'd look yeah 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 i'd like to hear your take on that actually you know what we should choose that one we should okay because i do want to see it again because i'm curious yeah Good. All right. So for a final thoughts on tape heads. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's so silly and again, full of, of wonderful little, little tidbits, little, you know, cameo appearances and great music and um, just little silly visual jokes um, that it really keeps, keeps you engaged throughout the course of the film. But I think it also, I mean, it has so much heart. Mm 
it really i mean it you know tim robbins is as he you know he his character has has more depth than john cusack's character because of his passion for the what he wants to do um john cusack has his own passion uh which which he employs to the benefit of his best friend he's like you know i'm gonna i i believe in your vision i want to i want to get rich and famous and maybe it's just like i'm gonna you know i'm gonna I'm going to ride your artistic genius to, to make myself rich and famous. And so maybe it's self-serving in that way, but he also seems to honestly want Josh to succeed and, and to, you know, and the, again, you know, the, the, the kinship, the, the brotherhood that they express with each other is really, it's actually touching. I mean, the, that rooftop scene where they're, where they're dancing to the sunrise Mm-hmm. and you know they're just two guys who really like being together and really love this this classic r&b duo and and that's all really honest you know there's nothing there's nothing satirical about that that's that there's a truth there's a truth to it you know behind all of the the silliness that that i think makes this a it's actually a really heartwarming film yeah it's like a it's a buddy movie and they're focused on the right things they're focused mm-hmm. on bettering themselves professionally you know, being a little silly, also listening to really, really good music yeah. and uh, hooking up with uh, girls that have sweet pads for free. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, Belinda's awesome. And, you know, I mean, that's the other thing is like there's a love story there that that also seems very honest and true. You know, she's like she calls him on his bullshit and and he, you know, kind of figures out what's important to him and. You know, the scene where he where he comes back and and they finally they finally get it on. And she's like, should I get my diaphragm? (laughs) (laughs) Great stuff. Yeah, good. Well, thank you both again. And uh, we'll have to do it again sometime and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. And good to talk to you both. You too, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Sandy, good to see you guys. Yeah, see take ya. care now. All right, have fun. Bye. Bye.